Welcome to Moody's Mixer, Women with Prostate Cancer. I want to thank you for tuning in today. I'm going to tell you about my journey for 59 years and how I ended up here with a diagnosis of prostate cancer. I want everyone out there to know it's something you don't have to fear. So let's keep on living, let's keep on moving. And let's talk and discuss our physical health. All right, so guys, I want to introduce you a good friend of mine. He's not even a friend. He's really a brother. And we grew up together in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And you want to hear more about him, his background in a second. But I do want to introduce to you Mr. Eric Santifer. <laughs> yes, Eric. Eric, now, you're used to hear, I heard you laughing, but you're used to hearing crowds because, you know, you were a big-time ball player at Syracuse University. You're a big orange man, aren't you? Well, well, let, let, let's, let, let's, start, let's start the... The emphasis for you and I, we, we, we were Clint Cougars first, and then here on Riverat, and uh, we, 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 we drew noise then. You know, the Syracuse thing was just the next step. So, um, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and I want us to go back to the beginning, but I wanted to introduce you. Of course, you know how to get the crowd sound in there, you know, so. No, I like that. That's what I'm saying. I like that. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, and because I do want us to go through our journey together, you know, when we met as, what, fifth graders. Uh, so we were right at 10 when we met. And that's how we transform. And here we are 50 years later at 60 still as close as we were when we were 10 years old. So, because uh, there's a lot of things that uh, I think hearing the story would just kind of help others with, the sto- with their own stories. And, and, you know, because, you know, you know, my podcast is about my journey with um, prostate cancer and the relationships that I have built up you being a very, very integral and important part, you know, I want, I, I want to spend some time with you and, and I know we're going to have some sessions and, and I know I'm just asking you to come on right now, but I definitely want you back already because I know you, you have an interesting story too. And so we want to hear about that and, you know, we'll talk about our relationship, but I want people to kind of know who you are and, and I know you got some great things going on and, you know, we want to make sure we talk about that and, and just kind of, you know, this, let's give the people something to, to talk about. So Eric, thanks for taking, uh, taking this call and uh, being on the show. And I want to thank you. And I want to say greetings to Moody's mixer just talk i just want to i just i just want us to talk as we would have if we were back in ann arbor back in the day okay well 
first of all, congratulations on your efforts. And um, when you shared that you were taking this initiative a few days ago, uh, a couple weeks ago when we talked, I, I was excited for you. Um, and so, again, congratulations. I, I, I think first off for the listening audience that, that I want to share and, and the reason for our phone call today was that I reached out to you to let you know that Christian Faith Publishing has vetted my manuscript and officially accepted to publish my book. And it should be on bookshelves worldwide and on the net. And, um, you know, we'll do an audio version of it soon after. Um, and, and I wanted to share that with you. So, that's the impetus of our phone call today. So please look forward to that. And it's Everyday God, Thursday with Mr. Hicks, Promises Made, Promises Kept, My 40-Year Journey. And I understand that's a long title, but but once you crack the first few pages, you'll understand that. And, and, and Corey, you're, you're just so correct that we have a story, we have a journey that goes way back, you know, five decades now. and um, you know, one podcast session and, you know, a, a manuscript that that recognizes your family's presence and your presence in my life is it, it, not enough time or enough pages to fully describe what those very meaningful years, and I mean probably from ninth grade to 12th grade, meant for both you and I, um, you know. And and, 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 and and so I think as you do what you do and the book hits bookshelves and, 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 and we do the audio and people, I hope, enjoy it, they'll have a greater understanding of our relationship. And before I turn it back to you for questioning, one thing that I, always, <clears throat> that I can always remember us having a conversation, and this is probably post-college more than anything else, and I talk about family and, 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 I, and I talk about relationships, you know, in the book. Um, and I can always remember you saying, you know, I had two brothers and they're my blood family, but sometimes a brother is defined more than by blood. And, and, and I think that best describes you and I. And the interesting thing with that is as close as we acknowledge and fill in our hearts, and that's the important thing that we are, because it's not like we speak all the time, we vacation together. I mean, there's times in our lives, and I mean years have passed, where we have not interacted. But at the moment, we hear each other's voices, and we feel the need to reach out and share, or if nothing else, just say, hey, MF, what's happening with you? And, 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 and we've had some not bad words, but, you know, we share and brother share. Um, that's been longevity for us. Um, and, and my last thought in relative to the manuscript, and I say this, is, is Coy Moody is my only lifelong friend. So, you know, again, thank you, and, and, and thank you for the introduction and, and intro to the audience. For me, this is really my first public introduction to celebrating now being a, a, a public author, because I, I was in euphoria today when uh, my representative from Christian Faith Publishing called me today and said, you know, the review board 
completed the review. They loved it. They were excited about it. And I thank you for sharing that news with me. And, you know, I don't think people realize how close we are. And hopefully by the end of this, they'll know how close we are. And, you know, for a good period of time, you know, we didn't talk much at all. You know, um, especially, you know, right after high school, you know, uh, that's when, you know, the separation part started. You know, I went to Morehouse, you went to Syracuse and, uh, you know, but that kinship that we have have just never, never left. And that's what made me feel and know this is real. And, you know, I think it's always been real for us. And, and it's never been the quantity as it has been about the quality of the relationship. And that, that's what keeps it close and real for me is that that part never left. I still see us, you know, going down to Millersville, Georgia to, to BC camp. You know, and, and us going there two days early. We went to Five Star up in Coriopolis. Trying to improve our craft, going to these basketball camps. And, you know, but education in school was always, you know, important, you know, to both of us. A good student, you know which is a misnomer of what they always think about, you know, college student athletes is that they're just athletes. That's what's so, what's so funny about shut up and dribble is that the only thing they saw us as are athletes. It's so funny that presidents of this corporation's VP of that corporation and all that, they can be college athletes and take these jobs and do something else, become politicians and graduate. Playing basketball is just a vocation for those few number of years. Doesn't mean we don't know as much as about anything else. You know, which is kind of sad, you know, you left Syracuse, All-American, and you got two degrees from there. Right. Let me let me let me make a quick objection because your point is so valid. Um, I'm sure once CF, CFP finishes, because you know, I did double space twelve font, so it's just under three hundred pages. But the entire portion of the book project, I only reference myself and those that I played with as student athletes. I never, and I never have, referenced myself as a basketball player. And uh, for those that ever confront me and say, hey, you're a good basketball player, I very quickly correct them. And especially back home, I'm one of the best ever basketball student athletes in Ann Arbor and Washington County history. I, 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 I never referenced myself as a basketball player. Yeah, and, and, and that's important to really get out Yes, I, I remember us growing up in Ann Arbor, going down to the IM building. So, you know, we love Michigan basketball. You know, we grew up loving Michigan basketball, you know, playing with Joel Thompson, Dave Baxter, Ricky Green, John Robinson, you know, all the fellas back then. And, 
And, you know, we really had a good relationship with, you know, Joel Thompson and Dave Baxter, you know. You know, they would come to our games and watch us perform, you know, as we, you know, of course, we're just in awe of them. And, you know, so we love Michigan basketball. And and we understand what athletes go through. So, you know, the shut up and dribble and, you know, it's kind of the same thing, you know, how you feel when you go to the doctor, you know, just listen to what I tell you and just do it, you know, but, you know, you, you have to take control of your, of your outcomes. And, you know, our, our journey has taken us, given us the strength to always, you know, have an influence on our outcomes. You know, we, you know, we know what the, Risk are, and we know what we have to do, but to put the work in is very important, and it's no different than understanding eye health. You know, we got to read, we got to understand what's going on, because people will just lead you down the road or the path that they want you to go. You know, you take Ron Palenka, who's the, what, GM at for the Lakers. He played basketball, right? He played with the Fab yeah. Five, right? Right. So him to be a VP, I mean, a general manager, no one's going to tell him this shut up and dribble. You don't you, you can't have this job. Because because he wasn't on the court making a difference and parlayed that into, oh, I was part of. <laughs> right. Yeah. But trust me, him being a five fiver. Oh, he got big playoff that. So are you using your resources to get the information, to get you the position, to put you in the position to take care and control of your health? Whether you have the MD degree or license doesn't preclude you from being able to take control of the outcomes of your health. This is your health that we're talking about. And, you know, second opinions mean something different to me now. Second opinion is not to tell me I don't have it, but to give me another opinion of what my recourse is, what my options are. So never be afraid to challenge or to get understanding from your physician. And I know we've been taught, just listen to the doctor. That's what I did. Exactly. I, I agree. With my, that's my point. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, but, but here's the, here's the problem. Or, or here's the other issue. Whether he played or not didn't matter. They were all putting in the same amount of time. But what, but one is shut up and dribble. See, one can dribble and still do the other thing. Some people just go only do one of them. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I totally hear that. And, and as you reference that particular group of people that's dear and need to us geographically in Arbor, you have to give, you know, proper recognition to the career post-professionally that Jalen Rose has built and also Chris Rubber, you know, in the broadcasting area. And, and both were very significant as student-athletes at Michigan had good pro careers here. And Jerron Howard, who's now the head Michigan basketball coach. And they made millions for that program. And, you know, 
really were looked at as the bad guys for Michigan basketball. You know, just what they went through, you know, banners being taken down. You know, so I must say it's a good story, especially see Jawan back there as the head Michigan basketball coach. The only reason that this book project potentially has any significance is because of the fact not only of my student athletic career at Syracuse, but because of the legacy and longevity of the program that Beheim has built. But the thing about Jim Beheim, you will never hear me say, I wish I had played for somebody else. Right. He fell out. Right. I'll come back and play for him tomorrow. So being able to parlay your experience and everything you were able to do at Syracuse is very important. And, and these schools need to understand the value of the student athlete. And, you know, sometimes it's tough to go back as we, you know, know and have read and seen about the Fab Five. But now they're being welcomed back. And it's important not to give up on these student athletes. I was not then thereafter afforded opportunities. And here's why. Despite the credentials that I just shared with you, I was not the level of the people that we're talking about. I was not the Michael Jordans of my time, the Isaiah Thomases of my time, despite probably being one of the best 50, 60, or 70 players in the country my junior senior year. And uh, I was very adamant about demographics and wait a minute, you have to talk to me like that. And so it was easy for Syracuse University. And then when I went back home to Ann Arbor in 2013, it was there for five years, for those two institutions that in Ann Arbor, I'm still the county's all-time leading scorer. And at Syracuse, I'm still in the top 15 scoring. For them to basically, when you talk about play basketball shut up, when I was home from 2013 to 18 in Ann Arbor, that's what that community told me. And at the time I was doing my graduate school in Syracuse in 95 and 97, that's essentially what they say. And I write about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I have a three year MBA career. They can't deny that, but because they felt me a pain in their ass and stuff, they didn't like me. And I wasn't the NBA star, despite being a two time all American basketball student athlete. Eric, I'd like you to you know to share one of the stories from your book, if you don't mind. I think it's kind of important, you know, to the subject that we're talking about and and what it means to persevere. It's Thursday, September third, two thousand twenty. I've taken a few days off from writing because the plan was always been to complete the official writing on a Thursday. Thursday, Mr. Hicks. Listen, 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 this is content what you just said. As I awoke this past Monday morning, August 31st, 2020, I was greeted with the disappointing and sad news that on Sunday, the great and legendary former Georgetown men's basketball coach, John Thompson Jr. had passed away. Like all of his former players, coaches, fans, 
opponent coaches, opposing players, I actually felt love and had tremendous respect for Coach Thompson. Unfortunately, most of my playing memories and moments are being defeated by Coach Thompson and the Hoyas. The rivalry between Georgetown and Syracuse has between Syracuse between Georgetown and Syracuse became the biggest, greatest, and most heated in Big East history. I thought I would Google to research the Big East history between the two schools. And to no surprise, the number one ranked game between the two great rivals occurred on February 13th, 1980. I mentioned it earlier in the book project about my disappointment in my performance as we were defeated by the Hoyas 52-50. Here's what always hurt. We led 30-16 and a half. We were ranked number two. And surprisingly at the time, Georgetown was unranked. I will never forget it. And as I said earlier, the end of the game became the end of the game became the first and possibly greatest moment in the historical rival between the two, and there's been many. After the final horn sounded, Georgetown coach John Thompson Jr. provided the tagline for the game that started it all. Manly Fieldhouse was officially closed. There I stood, only a few feet away from this giant of a man, with hurt and disappointment, knowing that my performance was a different. I was averaging nearly 12 points a game as a freshman, and Coach Thompson and the Hoyas had me to two points. They would hold me to only a deuce again as they defeated us by six in the Big East basketball championship. Georgetown provided, Georgetown proved to be the best and beast, best and beast of the Big East that year. They finished in a three-way first place regular season tie with us and St. John's and would defeat us again a few weeks later in the finals to win the inaugural Big East championship. Coach Thompson always shared encouraging posts game words with me. But the thing that would always stay with me later in my career when they defeated us and still sticks with me today, he would bend over and whisper in my ear, Eric Santifer, I always game plan to never let you be the person to beat us. My senior year, they beat us twice in the regular season by five points each game. And each time he whispered in my ear. Remember, my only DNP did not play was the first half of the home game against Georgetown, self-imposed academic. However, in my last game against Coach Thompson and the Hoyas in the 1983 Big East Tournament, I led us with 23 points to a 79-72 victory. And I respectfully responded to Coach Thompson. I finally beat you. And I'm looking forward to beating cancer. And I know we all can do this if we fight hard. And I want to leave you with one last story between my friend, Mr. Eric Santifer, that I want to share. And hopefully you will enjoy it. 
because this was one of the most emotional, one of the most significant moments in my writing process. You have to hear, you have to hear this, man. For our friendship, you have to hear this. Okay. You have to hear this, man. Cause, thank you. Let me be your audio. When Jesus was questioned and put on front about which is God's greatest commandment, his reply, his reply was simple. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Listen tentatively now. All the law and all the prophet hangs on these two commandments. My apologies for yesterday. I was unable emotionally and personally to further write about what I felt after Corey shared his diagnosis with me. I actually attempted to, I actually attempted nearly a dozen times to sit down and continue to write. Though I understood that for obvious reasons and none more than I know God loves Corey and has been with him throughout his wonderful but sometimes difficult journey. I look forward to our journey as soul brothers for the, for, for the last 50 plus years to continue for decades more. He will become a survivor. And more importantly, knowing Corey, he will become an outstanding advocate, resource, and servant to serve others and fight this cancer that takes the lives of, outstanding, of thousands of men yearly. I could go on about my caring and love for Corey, but as you, but as you have read, his presence in my journey speaks for itself. Let me stop because my eyelids are filling up quickly. I hope that anticipate our common friends will enjoy this journey with me. But the real exciting thing is that I will be looking forward to his publication if he writes. Corey has started his own book writing project. His own book writing, his own book project writing journey. I know his stories and journey will be outstanding. I love you, my dearest friend and soul brother for life. Scripture, as a friend, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. My command is this: love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Script, Proverbs seventeen seventeen. Scripture, let brotherly love continue. Hebrews 13, 1. And mm, wow. that's how I move on. <laughs> so I want to leave you with this. Let's show brotherly love. Let's talk about what's going on in our lives, especially with our health. Man, don't be afraid. I'm fortunate to have a friend like Mr. Eric Santifer. We've been so brothers for real for the majority of our life. You find your friend to help you through this process. Don't let it take you down. My life is full with joy now. And I want to thank you 
and I hope you continue to listen. Please write me so I can hear your story. Thank you.